0: I just popped a few paracetamol to um, soothe my slightly swollen sinuses, and uh, you might hear the occasional word that comes out like I've got a bit of a cold. I can feel already. I can feel my nose just going no mucus time. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's podcast o'clock, not mucus time. Come on, deal with it. Bon jam time. Now, come along and listen to us talk with the Bon Jam. Go and have a lovely little walk with the Bon Jam. Let me put it on and go to bed with the Bon Jam. Or grab yourself a slice of toast and spread with the Bon Jam. Hello and welcome to Bon Jam with me, Simon Jeffrey, and I'm joined by the wrong pussy to my right idea.
1: It's Mr. James <laughs> Turner. I completely forgot you were doing that all charade at the start.
0: <laughs> I don't know how we've got to this point where. It's just become an insult to you at the beginning of each episode.
1: I, it just kind of I just go with it now. Honestly, I, just, I had uh... second
0: thoughts about that one. I was like, "Is that too harsh?" But my partner encouraged me to use it on you, so <laughs> you've got Katie to blame for that. <laughs> yes, today's episode is all about diamonds are forever. Sean Connery's final role as James Bond from 1971, mm-hmm. at least Officially. until he uh, appeared unofficially some 12 years after this, um, coaxed back to the role for, I think, a record-breaking sum of money at the time, following George Lazenby's uh, solo outing in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. I get the sense that the producers just wanted to retreat back to familiar turf. Yeah. And we'll get into uh, how successful that was. But first, James, um, could you do me a favor and describe the plot for me as best as you can, please?
1: Oh, I wasn't asking, expecting to ask that question, but okay then. It's not uh, like I
0: ask you it most episodes when I remember <laughs> to, is it?
1: So, um, yeah, so after Bond's wife has been killed in the last film, uh, Bond then goes out hunting for Blofeld, um, even though we don't actually get any mention of the fact that his, his, his wife has been killed in the last film. He finally gets uh, finds Blofeld after hunting him down and just kills him in some mud. Um <laughs> And then he's just given a mission then to find some diamonds to So I think he just must have got bored with this big mission that he's been hunting down Blofeld for. And now he's just like, all right, we'll just put you on some diamond smuggling case, which I don't know why MI6 were involved in that. But hey, you know, maybe the police aren't doing a good enough job. So he's sent there just to find who's there responsible for all these diamonds going missing. And just by coincidence, this random mission that he's been assigned all been orchestrated by Blofeld, who's still alive. So Bond then has to defeat Blofeld. Spectra is never mentioned in the actual film at all, by the way. Um, but he apparently it's, it must be something to do with Spectre, I guess. And then uh, Bond then dispatches Blofeld in the most boringest way possible again. And then that's it. That's the end of the film.
0: Well, that really was a brief summary, wasn't it? Yeah, um, you want to go more detail? No, nah, we'll get there. We'll get okay. there. It's funny because you mentioned there that uh, this is taking place on the heels of On Her Majesty's Secret Service. And yes. I think you do get the sense that given the context of what we know as an audience going into it, we kind of put two and two together in our heads when we watch it and go, well, obviously that's why he's hunting down all these people and interrogating them. Yeah. Um, but it's never explicitly said in the film. In fact, no, no events are alluded to. From the film, and I think that does kind of cement this idea that they are probably trying to forget on Her Majesty's Secret Service, as much yeah. as you know that film has grown in favour over time with audiences, and, and uh, it's now viewed upon as being much better than it was probably thought of at the time. And you can hardly blame them for that attitude, I think. You know, if you think about it at the time where up until that point, Sean Connery had been the only James Bond.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And then they make one film with someone else and then it goes back to Sean Connery. It's yeah. kind of understandable why the temptation would be, can we just pretend that one didn't happen? You know? Yeah,
1: yeah. If you imagine like that. a
0: kind of uh, like an X-Men movie where they made one Wolverine film with someone else and then Hugh Jackman came back. It's <laughs> that level of like... He was James Bond. Sean Connery was James Bond, and then just for one film, it wasn't him. I think maybe over time, as the actor changing became more of one of the tropes of the film series, and audiences just grew to accept that over time. But at the time that George Lazenby first did it, it wasn't probably as comfortable a transition. And this film, as much as you could view those sequences as he's after revenge, he's out for blood... At the same time, it seems like it's maybe pretending it didn't happen at all. And I did actually see a thread online recently about people discussing how, in their own head canon, they tend to view Diamonds Are Forever as happening before on Her Majesty's Secret Service.
1: Right, okay, right. And there
0: are various things in the film that would certainly make that believable. For a start, there's no mention of Tracy or no sign of uh, grief in Bond's portrayal. The film opens in Japan, where he was last seen in You Only Live Twice. Yeah. So it's possible that they were sort of just going, let's pick up from the last time Sean was here. Yeah, yeah. And maybe he's just looking for Blofeld because Blofeld escaped the volcano, you know? Yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, we do get two of the three places in, that Moneypenny lists at the beginning of On Her Majesty's Secret Service appear in this film. Miss Moneypenny have you
1: checked with communications. Well replies to our Cairo, Amsterdam and Madrid inquiries, all negative, sir.
0: And we get Cairo and we get Amsterdam in this film. I was just oh, sitting there God. waiting to see if we got Madrid at any point, and I don't think we do, but uh, who knows, maybe Marie is in Madrid. She's in an unspecified location.
1: It does look like a Spanishy sort of location. I could imagine that being Madrid. Yeah. yeah
0: so th- there's an argument there I think certainly at the time they were probably saying let's brush this one under the carpet a little bit and just continue with with again the sort of typical Bond loose continuity anyway but certainly yeah. there seems to be no effort in Sean Connery's portrayal to even acknowledge the events of the previous film mm-hmm. and I don't think it really fares particularly favourable if you view it as a direct follow-up <laughs> Yeah. I certainly think uh, that was probably their original plan if George Lazenby had stayed on was to pick up with that revenge sequence. It would have been much more effective. Yeah, it would have been
1: interesting to see. I actually
0: quite like the concept of the scene just bursting into the film straight away with this energetic where? like this hunt, you know, just yeah, pummeling yeah. him for information right off the yeah, bat, yeah. you know, it's just like where is he? Where is he? You know, and he's just going from one person to the next and getting names and locations and it's really intense and on paper it sounds great yeah but from the very very moment this film begins there are just immediate cracks and wobbles that make you think oh that's a yeah. there's a dodgy yeah. close up on that guy who's clearly not saying anything
1: <laughs> kai kai Ka- kairo i mean I, i'm i'm trying to say kairo there without moving my mouth kairo possible.
0: i did an edit once didn't i Remember, I took yeah, I that scene did, yeah. and I I, re, it. I redubbed that um, guy. So he just made what he looks like the noises he looked like he was making. <laughs> yeah, and, was remember,
1: like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then I just uh, edited in him holding up a little piece of paper that said Cairo on it.
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to share that. See if you got it somewhere. I'll see if I if I've
0: got it. I'll put it on Instagram or something. That was that was uh, funny. So we have the Kai Kai Cairo man who is um, <laughs> God, just go, go, go. the first of a bunch of wobbly moments in this film that don't get it off to the best start. Then he goes and tortures that poor girl by the uh, <laughs> by the beach. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: There is a sort of slightly uncomfortable sense of him really enjoying what he's doing in that scene rather than seeing it as a necessary means to an end.
1: Yeah, yeah. Th- that scene, that's the first time we actually see Connery back as Bond. Yeah. And it feels a bit Underwhelming because we've, we've heard him his voice going, "Where is he?" and then okay it, it, this is Sean Connery we're building up to this point where we're actually going to see Sean Connery back as Bond Could you imagine audiences the build up for that yeah. happening at the time, and then suddenly it's just like
0: he just comes sauntering down those steps in his like sandals he kind of I hate to say it, but he looks a little out of shape in this one
1: uh last day I was going to bring this up like. Connery in this doesn't seem like the Connery we've seen in the previous Bond films. No. Uh, I think he's obviously, I won't say he let himself go, but he feels older. And- yeah,
0: and it's difficult to, to talk about really because I do tend to find myself quite defensive of people who would detract from roger moore's later films particularly yes, yeah, yeah. and kind of play that anti-ageism card and say well you know people are allowed to get older you know um but yeah. in this case there's something about it which i find distracting and i think maybe it's because it's meant to so closely follow his
1: last film the, th- the thing i've noticed uh, in this viewing was his eyebrows um I don't, in, in previous films he's had his eyebrows plucked and i always feel like Got to, said to Sean Connery, right, we like to put your eyebrows again, like we did in golfing or whatever. And he's just like, no, okay, go, go away. Um,
0: I get the sense that Connery um, demanded a lot of money and called a lot of the shots in this. Yes, yeah. And yeah. they were like, any chance of, you know, hitting the gym? No.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> there were moments, though, for me where I think, oh, yeah, you know, that is, he delivers that well. Like we were saying on, in Honor of Secret Service that George Lazerby doesn't play the cockiness very well, he just comes across as arrogant and an idiot, basically. Yeah, it's like but, a kind um,
0: of boyish smugness rather than. Yeah, a the smugness
1: with, with Lazenby. Whereas yeah. when Bond corrects, you know, is talking about the Sherry or whatever it is in the, uh, at, the, at the start of the film where he, he explains to him what he was actually talking about, Connery does it so well.
0: Yeah, I think if Lazenby had done that Sherry scene, you'd probably want to punch him in the jaw. But yeah, Connery yeah. kind of just makes you go, <clears throat> lol. And M seemingly does a look almost directly down the camera at one point and rolls his eyes. Uh Yeah. (laughs) So I, I mean, here's a question for you, James: Is the pre-title sequence of Diamonds Are Forever the weakest of the entire series?
1: Of the entire series, that's a good, good question. Um, it depends what you look for in a pre-credit sequence. Just because. You could say, well, *Live and Let Die* do not even feature James Bond at all in it. So does that? Yeah, *Live and Let Die* is not weaker? great e-
0: either. But even after he's done his little hunt and it goes to the plastic surgery part, where they're in that weird cave.
1: Yeah. And
0: what are they doing to that guy with all that mashed potato and <laughs> sludge? Like, is that what? plastic surgery used to require are they taking a life cast of him or something is it was was kind of cosmetic surgery still in the realms of science fiction in those days um yeah it's weird it is bizarre and it's such a weak fight sequence it's like people are just stood around waiting
1: well that's people- i think that was. it's not just that, that um that opening scene even like the bambi and thumper scene i just felt There's moments where they're just like walking in slow motion. Yeah. To the point where it's like they are waiting for the fight to happen sometimes. I just think, what is going on?
0: Bond is stood an arm's distance from Blofeld, who is just, you know, the other side of this gurney or something, just shouting orders at his guards go, get him, get get him. (laughs) And they just come in one at a time. And he's just stood there. And he stands there looking at a guy pointing a gun at him out of the sludge, out of the yeah. mashed potato. And he just stands there for a few seconds, just contemplating <laughs> what should I do? That's, that's, a, that's a gun there, isn't it? It's pointing at me. I should, uh, should probably move. Uh, yeah. Dive and roll, flip, drown him in sludge. And, and, and then, like, washing his face off. And it's like, that guy's clearly not dead. But the, the same thing happens twice in this movie, actually. Once with the guy who's buried in the sludge at the start, and then once mm-hmm. again with, um, is it Mrs. Whistler, who they drag oh, out yeah. of the... yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And
0: both times, these are actors pretending to be dead. And both times, through no fault of their own, they're unable to refrain from flinching. I mean, you try and pretend to be completely dead and then have someone spray you in the face with a water pistol. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then the second time, when they dragged Mrs. Whistler out of the river, they're, they're sort of brushing the hair off her face. And one of the extras, one of the police officers, just jabs her squarely in the eye. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> just trying to get the hair out of her face. It just oh, really yeah, jabs I her. missed
1: that, to be honest.
0: And you just think, yeah. well, no wonder she flinched a little
1: bit right there. And
0: She did a re- yeah. pretty good job, all yeah, you know, all told. So I think, for my money, this is probably, if not the weakest of the series, certainly the weakest one I can think of that contains... Now, I I tell you what, this is still worse than Live and Let Die for me.
1: Yeah, at least Live and Let Die has the intrigue, the enigma to it, whereas this is just like a a, a child came up with the idea of the opening. I'm
0: starting to think that maybe um, Guy Hamilton's success with Goldfinger was kind of a a bit of a a fluke, because (laughs) the the direction going on in this film from the very early scene is kind of just very... (sighs) Uninspired and unenthusiastic.
1: Yeah, well, you, th- you think about the fight sequences that you saw in the Honor Majesty's Secret Service yeah. and how different they were when we watched them.
0: This goes uh, back to this whole thing. I don't want to sort of form an opinion too much. And I know some people out there
1: absolutely love Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, um, and I, I will be talking about some of the stuff that I really like about this film as well.
0: By the but way. I do think that it does sort of broadly speaking fall into that trap of when compared to Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, that film feels very much like, okay, we don't have Sean Connery, so let's pull out all the stops and we're going to have to really up our game here because we don't have our star. Yeah, Whereas yeah. this one feels much more like, Connery's back, celebrate! Oh, what's that? Oh, sorry, we forgot to uh, make an effort. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we we got a bit too confident there, a bit too complacent. However, after the credits, um, which I think, again, a little bit awkward, that kind of transition from the cat to the eye the diamond in his eye to the zoom into the, the the hands appearing even morris binder's work here is feeling a little bit clunky and mm, yeah. rough around the edges um, the song is absolutely iconic um, yeah
1: i really enjoyed the uh, the song more than I normally do i've never really been a fan of it but it's 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 It is a good song. Lyrically, it it makes very little
0: sense. It it doesn't seem like she's actually singing about diamonds, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) you know, the thing about this film is it's probably one from that kind of main classic era of the Bond films where I, I put it on thinking... I haven't watched this in ages. I barely ever watched this one. And I was sort Mm. of like excited going into it, thinking this one is probably one out of those first 20 that I've watched probably one of the least amount of times. When I say the least amount of times, I mean probably I've watched this less than 20 times in my (laughs) life. So there is that excitement going into it of like, is this going to be the time where I reevaluate this film? Mm. But there's also, on the flip side, that part of me which goes, there's a reason I don't watch this one very much. Here it is. I like the gun barrel I like the there's some new effects on it there's a little bit of reflection going on in it
1: yeah yeah there is yeah
0: but as far as the pre-title sequence goes I think it is one of the weakest of the series if not the worst Um,
1: but after the pre-title sequence I was going to say I really liked it
0: There's definitely fun to be had in this movie Uh, although I have to say it's almost all in the first half and probably in the first 30 minutes after the titles yeah yeah wint and kid are
1: great i i I used to hate them i used to hate them as a a kid as a kid
0: i thought like i didn't get the fact that they were like kind of a fet and not you know your typical tough guys yeah i just thought like how could they be threatening but they absolutely are
1: are the the fact that, that they are so creepy makes them really effective villains
0: there's definitely overt suggestions made to their sexuality between the two of them um typically i guess for the time it's almost kind of fetishized in a way
1: yeah yeah
0: and particularly towards the end with this with with their comeuppance as well is sort of played plays into a few dodgy stereotypes yeah, it, here it, it and ruins there it.
1: The, the end ruins it i mean we'll discuss it later but the at the end really destroys their characters for me um but
0: I do I do really appreciate them. I kinda of wish they had a better film in which to yeah, appear. Yeah, yeah. But I do I do like that whole bit with the dentist and uh, you know taking him out of the you know, with the scorpion and, and stuff. And then I really like that whole sequence where the diamond industry is kind of given this whole kind of backstory and how the processes work in South Africa and all the checks. Yeah. It's quite an interesting use of all that kind of B roll, you know, the mining operation and the dentistry and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that for me is, you know, really enjoyable stuff of like, here's how it works. There's a whole team of dentists and doctors and all that stuff. And it gets passed from one person to the next, to the next, to the next. And you gradually see all these people involved in, in the smuggling operation and they're mm, people with yeah. otherwise legitimate jobs and, and you know quite nice people in other you know you know i'm thinking of mrs whistler yeah. here but you know yeah. she's yeah. A perfectly nice charming person who just happens to sort of take a bit of cash on the side and just to handle this yeah, yeah. packet yeah. of diamonds from one person to the next and that moment in amsterdam when they drag her out of the river and Winton and kid are watching and that's genuinely dark and sinister.
1: <laughs> like, There's quite a lot of bleak stuff in this, especially with, with surrounded moon and the kid. Mr. Franks, your passport is quite in order. Well, anyone seeing you in that outfit, money penny, would most certainly be discouraged from leaving the country.
0: Bond takes the place of a man called Peter Franks, who I always think quite coincidentally, when he when he says like one line or something to someone at the airport yeah. sounds suspiciously like Sean Connery <laughs> it's like thank you so that you know if anyone has ever spoken to him on the phone it's plausible that he could pass for him
1: yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: and he meets Tiffany case who is again another one of these people involved in the long line of people along this chain involved in the smuggling
1: make yourself at home I'll be out in a minute
0: so we meet uh, Tiffany case who's yeah, you know, mildly intriguing to begin with, at least.
1: Yeah, to begin with, she is intriguing, and you you want to know more about this character, and yeah, she's she seems quite an interesting person uh, to begin with. Um, <laughs> to begin with, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so uh, as again, I, I kind of like where it's going here. Uh, the film yeah. is
0: going well so far. Bond, sort of um, Connery, in that scene with with Tiffany, is is just. Spouting those like one-liners and little comebacks effortlessly yes. in a way yeah, that yeah. makes you think, yeah, this is this is pretty good stuff, you know. Like Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is this is the Connery I sort of vaguely remember now.
1: Well, that's quite a nice little nothing you're almost wearing. I approve. I'll finish dressing. Oh, please don't! Not on my account. The real Peter Fanks turns up.
0: So Bond and Connery clearly have a little fun with Peter Franks. Yeah. yeah. Bond in this film a couple of times actually proves himself a master of, uh, talking himself in through a doorway. Um, (laughs) he does that great thing a couple of times where he's like, goes for his keys, but they're just opening the door anyway. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: And then we have the fight in the elevator. He goes to punch Peter Franks, and his elbow smashes a glass behind him.
0: Yeah, I did. I wondered about that. Cause a
1: bit it's, clumsy.
0: I assumed that was meant to be the reason. I assumed it was meant to be like, oh, he accidentally breaks the glass and that alerts him.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: But it looks like Bond deliberately breaks the glass.
1: Oh, you, um, you think he deliberately does it?
0: It looks like Bond is meant to do it accidentally, but Sean Connery does it deliberately. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think this fight scene has become a little bit... Um, over-celebrated in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the small world of Bond fandom. That People exists. compare it to the
1: Red Grant fight, for example. It does not
0: deserve to be mentioned in the same breath as the train carriage <laughs> sequence from For Russia With Love. It's the slowest lift in the world, or elevator, I should say, for the Americans. And it's the slowest damn lift I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's like, why is this even happening? And it's, it just seems a little... Like, I know it's meant to be messy, and some people would say, like, oh, that's how a real fight is. But it, it looks a little bit like, no, it is actually choreographed. And it just looks like people kind of waiting for their cue a little bit here and there.
1: Yeah. Now you
0: shove me, and then I'll elbow you. I, I, don't, I don't get anything from this, you know? No, no. I see what they were going for, and they were clearly trying to recreate that sort of close quarters intensity. But I was watching that scene thinking, why is this lift so slow? <laughs> and the very fact that like she's only on the third floor I'd have thought Bond would just take the stairs anyway Yeah But could they not have changed that line to like Come up, I'm on the 12th floor or something
1: Yeah, yeah, it makes more sense wouldn't it <clears throat> oh, If you're on the 12th floor you've been there all day Aren't you waiting in that lift
0: Well you know, that's that would make the lift a bit quicker And then that would help, you know, two birds oh, one stone Yeah,
1: yeah, that's true
0: yeah. So Connery deals with uh, Franks Peter Franks, yeah Swaps his ID out so that when Tiffany Case discovers it Oh, my God, you he just Bond. killed James Bond. You just killed world-famous secret agent James Bond.
1: <laughs> that will that was going to lead on to my next question. How famous is James Bond at this point?
0: Famous enough that M should really consider just a redundancy package at this point. That was the basis of uh, Roger Moore's entire decision to portray him the way he did, was like, well, come on, this, this is clearly a joke because everyone knows him. He goes into a bar in India or somewhere and they know what drink to serve him. It's, it is it's it is ludicrous, but I think maybe it started with this one to some well, yeah,
1: degree. Yeah, possibly.
0: So, yeah, he manages, against all odds, to, uh, to convince Tiffany that, you know, he is Franks and he killed Bond. And then they use... Peter Frank's body to get the diamonds out. I would love to know where they're s-
1: storing those. Uh, well, he those tells diamonds. you, it,
0: doesn't he? Does he? Because Felix comes out and he's like, it, "All right, I give up. I know the diamonds are here, but I, you know, I don't know where." Yeah. And Bond, in a reference to a line from Sherlock Holmes, yeah. where he would say, "Elementary, Doctor Watson," or whatever, yeah. you know, he says, "Elementary, Doctor Leiter." The elementary canal is the throat
1: oh is that what you think he's referring to yeah
0: oh right but that still conjures up quite a grotesque image
1: yeah how does he get it in there in the first place like
0: oh you just killed James Bond never mind that Drag the body inside (laughs) let's shove the diamonds down his throat (laughs) (laughs) and that's why Felix gives that look of like cheers for that Bond I know what I've got to do now Um, pleasure doing business with you as always and on a side note um, Norman Burton is not my Felix no no um (laughs) is he the worst felix slider this is not like any other felix we've seen before even the older ses linda felix was not grouchy and no he was was
1: still friendly
0: in in this one he's either grumpy and grouchy or just like having an anxiety attack and go relax i've got a hundred What? like a mouse with sneakers couldn't get through (laughs) (laughs) i think he plays the part perfectly well if only yeah. he wasn't meant to be Felix.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could just be in another another agent, CIA agent yeah. or something, I don't know. So then we have this slightly odd business
0: with uh, Slumber Inc, where Bond has to sort of go through this facade of this cremation in order to play his part in the smuggling operation and
1: try. See, this is this is what confuses me now. So. It starts to lose me a bit here as well, but yeah. Because <laughs> it was improvised from Bond to hide the diamonds in the body of the real Peter Franks. How did the Slumber ink work into it if that wasn't even the original plan?
0: Not entirely sure. Maybe the listeners can fill us in because I'm sure someone understands this film better than I do.
1: <laughs> Obviously, Winton and Kidd get involved again and put Bond in the coffin. And that's really intense, I think. Um, yes. And it's like, oh my God, how is he going to get out of this? This is horrendous. I'd hate to be in this situation feels a bit cheap the way he gets out of it it's just all it just stops
0: it would have been nice to to see him outsmart his way somehow if that yeah. were possible yeah but no instead shady tree comes in and at this point i just to think, my god who are all these characters i'm losing <laughs> yeah, track here yeah. who yeah. is like bert saxby you got willard white you got shady tree you got professor dr metz you've got <laughs> you got so many <laughs> of these characters who you're like hang on who are you now what has this kind of <laughs> old insult comic got to do with any of this stuff yeah, all of a sudden yeah, yeah, yeah. what is going on plenty's fun though isn't she she's just yeah. like an unashamed gold digger and they go up to his room and um look to be about to engage in some romantic activity together before being ambushed by the the mob
1: hmm.
0: and Barnes says i'm afraid you've caught me with more than my hands up
1: <laughs> yeah no that's a, what a line what a line
0: bond's got a snippy
1: <laughs> no show, Felix. Don't you lost her. We lost her. What is the plan there? Where are they trying to follow Tiffany
0: to? I'm not really sure. I do get slightly lost in that whole casino part as to who these guys are who are tailing her. Presumably working with Felix.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, for some reason, Tiffany Case is happily... I I guess because she's seen somebody kill Plenty, thinking it's Tiffany, that she's like, oh, I'll help you because, you know, people are going to try and kill me because of these diamonds. So she decides to help Bond follow the tracks of the diamonds, I guess. Yeah,
0: she leads them to that gas station where they see Professor Metz. Yes, And this is where I think, you know, through no fault of her own, I think Jill St. John does the part probably pretty well as written. But it's just written to become a bit of an annoying character. Yeah. Because Bond's like, get in the way, stop him. So she has to become this obnoxious, rude customer. Like, (laughs) Like, hey, Curly, what are you... you, uh... You're going to get a shot in the mouth. (laughs) Keep leaning on that tutor,
1: Charlie, and you're going to get a shot in the mouth.
0: And Bond jumps in the van. Even though the guy behind the van can clearly see him, he just sneaks into the van behind.
1: Yeah, no, no, no they always wires me up.
0: And then he gets led into the uh, the facility out in the desert. Yes. Um, where he meets one of my favourite characters in the film.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Hi. I haven't seen you here before. I'm Klaus Hergesheimer. Ah, uh, new here. Oh, I've been here three years. G-section.
0: What could have been just like a really understated kind of bit part, <laughs> a throwaway part. I just love that little conversation that they have together. And again, Bond does that great thing of kind of like um, striking up a conversation while he pretends to have a key card and then sidling in through the door just as it closes. Uh, And more than just kind of like trying to get rid of the guy, he's just like, oh, we haven't had, you know, he he actually strikes up a more believable conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, bless him, Klaus just gives him a spare and is like, uh, you know, off you go. And then Connery, I say Connery because it just looks like he's having a lot of fun. Bond then um, interacts with Professor Metz and uh, sees the, the satellite that's in there. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. generally just makes a nuisance of himself. <laughs> and this is, I think, where Connery shines in this scene. Yeah. Um, because, again, he could have just been subtle about it and just, you know, tried to not draw attention to himself and just get in, get out. yeah, yeah. yeah and go, oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, I'll get out of your way. Sorry, Professor. But he just like takes that moment just while undercover to just make a little statement about the little man. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's a fun moment
1: for me. Yeah, and then it's followed by what's meant to be another fun moment, which is the uh, the moon buggy. Um, I don't
0: understand this bit, scene. James. What are they, the the filmmakers suggesting here when we see the, um, the moon landing reconstruction?
1: The, the idea is that they're faking some sort of moon landing, aren't they? But is so, this I mean, that, film sort of
0: suggesting that within the continuity, within the universe of Bond, the moon landings were staged?
1: Yes, but not necessarily, because you could look at it like, oh, their plan is to make something else look fake, not necessarily the, right. one, the actual moon landing, but you could look at it as uh, they're faking something else. Or I used to watch it when I was a kid thinking, oh, they're just practising for yeah I think maybe, maybe I did
0: landing. as well to some degree but it's just it's, it's deliberately vague I think it seems to me to be one of those things where they just put it in because they thought it'd be funny at the time yeah well the moon landing had happened between the last film and this so it's very much on you know in the public conscious at that time they probably just thought this would be a funny nod to suggest that somehow it's all wrapped up in this bond plot, and maybe not entirely genuine because I think from the very moment that man landed on the moon, there have been people saying no, they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> then what happens,
1: James? Then um, we have this chase, which <sighs> I don't know how to describe it. I but... think that, I think you just did with that sigh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, yeah. That's that kind of
0: after three, James. Let's just uh, let's just describe this chase with a sound. One, two, three
1: this is the point where the whole film for me yeah falls apart i was wondering because i knew there
0: was a like i knew that this film was not one i go to very often and this time around i was wondering if i could pinpoint the moment because like, like i said apart from the pre credit scene i do enjoy the first 30 minutes or so of this film yes yeah but even john barry gives up on this at this point <laughs> He probably looked at this and was like, well, I could put the Bond theme over this, I suppose. (sighs) Where's my xylophone? (laughs) I suppose it's played for laughs, but it's more boring
1: than funny, I find. It's yeah it is boring i think that's the bottom line it is it's it's a boring chase
0: but like why can't the people in the cars chase them properly like they're just crashing like bond is doing nothing to (laughs) outrun them the cars could clearly go faster than the moon buggy but they're being driven by like toddlers who can't reach the pedals and steer at the same time yeah yeah. because they're just driving into stuff and uh you know then they get the little baby trikes out that make them look like Connery looks ridiculous on that tricycle.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: the one good moment is when they're chasing the buggy off, and then Connery appears out from behind cover. Yeah, like,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Give yeah. like, it that. Yeah, but it's just rubbish.
0: And again, apologies if this is your favourite scene in a Bond film. Fine, but this is rubbish. <laughs> So then after that extended sequence, they get into a car, and you'd think, oh, this would be the point at which things pick up a bit. Yeah, at least yeah. they're in a fast vehicle now. And this is perhaps worse. Yeah. This car chase around Vegas was really testing my patience at this point. Yeah. It's so obviously just the pavements are lined with pedestrians just watching the filming. <laughs> it really takes you out of it. Like it, you don't feel like you're watching a film. You feel like you're watching like an episode of Top Gear or something where there are spectators just around yeah, <laughs> on the roads, just watching them do the stunt or behind the scenes footage or something.
1: And it, I feel like it's just always filmed on the same little. They go around it. the block.
0: Yeah. They? They've clearly like closed one block of Vegas or something. And yeah. they just seem to be driving in circles at yeah. really kind of slow speed. Never do you feel like you're watching a high speed pursuit and, I just think they are not trying in this, or, or maybe they are, and they're just completely misguided. Yeah. So then, uh, when that's over, there at the hotel, and Bond's basically confined to his room, isn't he? Yeah. Under the orders, basically, to not go anywhere. However, they didn't think to put a guard on the balcony, so he just hops out and <sighs> up he goes. And I actually really I like the uh, the repelling scene.
1: Yeah, 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 I like the yeah, gadgets. Cool. We talked yeah.
0: about this in our video game episode. I'd like to play that part, you know, I'd like <laughs> to be able to fire it and as long as you could miss, you know. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. don't want it to be like a quick time event where you just push X. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah. You got to aim yourself. You got to aim choose properly. where to aim for. <laughs> I think it's missing a great wide shot. I think that would that would really make it sort of quite stomach churning if if you would got a more of a sense of how high up he was. Yeah. Because it does seem like he was probably only a few feet from the floor. Right, yeah. And I think it might have been nice to have a shot that gave us a bigger sense of the danger, because it's a pretty impressive little moment. And coming after the car chase, it makes you thankful that there's something that's actually
1: quite a good stunt. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, we finally discover that Willard White is Blofeld all along.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure how... um, how that voice changer thing is meant to work.
1: Like oh, it Oh, work- don't,
0: don't get me started on this one. It oh works my. down the phone, but it also works in person.
1: Yeah. I'll send a deposition to the committee. Thank you, Governor. Well, that's a neat trick. A voice box, Mr. Bond.
0: This is the part where Bond comes face-to-face with... Uh, a familiar face of Blofeld, even though he's never seen him looking quite like this before. (laughs) This is uh, the Charles Gray interpretation. Uh, What did did you think of this, James? What, when we first see him or... Broadly speaking, talk to me, because I've spoken for a long time. Charles Gray, discuss.
1: Well, I mean, we have just mentioned how, you know, when it was made, Unmentioned Manchester's Secret Service was kind of dismissed and forgotten about and it feels like the film has kind of gone from You Only Live Twice to this. So with that in mind, Charles Grey has just gone from being an ally who gets killed in the last film to the main villain, I just feel like that's far too soon a time to um even with unimagined Secret Grit Service in the middle of it. It just feels like, oh my God, we' just recast the, the guy that was in the film a few years ago, and they have yeah. already got him in as the main villain, and it it just feels like they've not even tried hard enough to find somebody who would have been a better Blofeld.
0: see the thing is i think um I think this this role is almost better suited to Charles Gray than Henderson. I think Henderson could have probably been played by anyone. Um and in a way that kind of coming from the, the sort of hammer horror, slightly camp uh films that he'd been in, he's pretty well cast in this type of character. Oh I see I I, I disagree. With on. one on. notable point okay. that I must add, because <laughs> I know you're gonna disagree with me. If only he wasn't meant to be Blofeld.
1: Right, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Because I think, you know, if you were to try and fix this film in some way, if you did think it needed fixing, you could make it infinitely better if you just called him something else. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, yeah, he doesn't really resemble Blofeld, the character that we know from, from previous films in, in mm. any of the interpretations, which themselves were completely different from each other. But this is a completely different version again. It's very hard to imagine this is the Anthony Dawson, uh, Eric Polman version from... From Russia With Love, yep. <laughs> you know, feeding his fish. And that's not Charles Grey in that chair. And neither is it Charles Grey in a bobsled in
1: yeah. On
0: A Majesty's Secret Service. But I do find his performance quite fun and quite enthusiastic. I think he's having great fun with it. And I think mm-hmm. he probably gets more to doing it than Donald Pleasance did, I think. True. If they just called him something else... He might well be, you know, one of one of my favorite villains.
1: Yeah, well, that's one way of looking at it, yeah.
0: Because he's clearly bringing more than just phoning it in. He's clearly, you know, having fun with it. And it's an intriguing concept to have this character where you're never quite sure whether you're seeing the real one or not. If you called him something else, it would kind of excuse most of what's wrong with the portrayal of it.
1: Okay, yeah, I, I could agree with you on that. Because um, I think most
0: of what you'd probably find complaints with is probably because it doesn't feel like blowfelt to you.
1: Yeah, he, he's he's meant to be this this guy who's been built up throughout these films. And essentially, this is the last proper appearance of him, if you discount the for your Eyes Only version. So it, it just feels like he goes out with a whimper with this film just because the character just kind of becomes not as powerful as he once was
0: why do mr wint and mr kid put bond in a piece of pipe
1: because they're weird okay
0: <laughs> um yeah how uh, is that meant to kill him they, i mean they what i quite like about it is they're so determined to have fun with bond they keep trying to come up with a fun way of killing him
1: yeah, yeah. and he
0: just won't let them yeah, They are really just out to cause chaos, as far as I can see, and they seem to really enjoy inflicting pain and planning fun ways to kill
1: people. Was, wasn't there a deleted scene where the the shooter gun and it just says, bang, out of it? I can't remember.
0: Maybe. It sounds like a scene from Batman.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So then Bond goes up to, uh, to try and find Willard White and instead comes across Bambi and Thumper,
1: I'm Bambi. Good morning, Bambi. And I'm Thumper.
0: These characters always, always appear on, like, any YouTube montage of, like, classic Bond scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always the shots of, like, uh, them cartwheeling around or kicking yeah, them in yeah. the face or whatever. And I think because of that and all the... um you know, the Ultimate Edition DVDs and all the behind the scenes and i am I'm I'm just used to seeing clips from this scene in any Bond related montage that a TV commercial yeah. might put out or like coming this summer a whole season of Bond movies. I'm Bambi and I'm Thumper. <laughs> you know? And it really has lent these two characters like a legacy that I can't honestly say they deserve.
1: Yeah, they appear it's, in
0: this is the only scene they appear in. For like probably less than three minutes, and it's just lame. It's just a bit feeble, and like like with several other scenes in this film, they seem to do a lot of sort of standing around, pausing, Mm. waiting for each other. Bond gets his ass kicked until suddenly he doesn't, and just holds him underwater.
1: He's starting to get drowned, and then suddenly they're just like, "Oh, we give up. Okay, you've beat us."
0: They have their little fun scene, which I'm sure kept them in conventions and fan appearances for many years so all power to them nothing against the actresses involved but like I say like the, this these the number of times you see these clips in, in kind of trailers for the series or whatever it's just like it makes you expect more from this scene when it comes along and it just mm. does not deliver yeah, yeah. and then we finally meet the uh, the elusive Willard White
1: who's just basically uh, he's this- been locked away yeah he's been there all this time
0: he's a fairly thinly disguised reference to howard hughes who for many years i think in the 60s 70s um did just live in a penthouse suite and no one saw him for like a decade yeah yeah and so that's you know the 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 double initial kind of quite a a thin reference to it but i quite enjoy this guy you know when he
1: finally appears (laughs) i I didn't mind him i remember i used to find it quite annoying uh when i used to watch it but to be honest, um yeah, I didn't mind him, actually. He was alright. He gets
0: one good line when Bert Saxby is killed. Which yeah. I'm always glad when he's dies. Tell him fired. Who, I don't know who Bert Saxby is or what his job was. So I'm just <laughs> glad when there's one fewer characters to keep track of. <laughs> Tell him he's fired. Uh then we go back to the casino and Q is committing a major crime in the- <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I hope uh, that he just sort of gave all that money to the casino again.
1: Clearly he didn't because they stopped doing the whole circus act. So now they've run out of money and they don't do that circus act in Las Vegas anymore. So,
0: But that's like probably six months in prison. Maybe, I don't know, $10,000 $10, $10, fine. Yeah, yeah. I know they come down pretty heavy on that.
1: Yeah. And then Tiffany Case is also there, who seems to be on good terms with him, even though it's the first time they've ever met.
0: I quite like that interaction because she is now seemingly working alongside them. But yes. she's also quite nervous about, like, look, one wrong word from any one of you. And if, if, if you don't say the right thing to the judge or whatever, then, you know, my past could catch up with me and, you know... I'm working with you guys now, right? So, am I? Am I safe? Are we good? Yeah. Like, or am I going to end up in jail? Please, you know, she's looking for some reassurance there, someone to vouch for her safety and immunity in all of this. Because you know, if if this all goes south and she's the only one left and no one else knows about it, and she's going to be handed over to a judge and given a huge yeah. sentence. Uh, but she's quickly distracted when she sees a uh, cat being carried through uh, the casino
1: by a woman. A woman. And then it turns out to be Blofeld dressed as a woman for some random reason. Blofeld is in the Circus Circus Casino.
0: Has Tiffany met Blofeld at this point? No. Is she any reason to recognise the cat or? Nope. But she still thinks, "Ooh, that's interesting. I'll go after it." Yep. Can you do me a favour just for one moment, James? Yeah, yeah. Just picture Donald Pleasance in that same costume.
1: <laughs> Can
0: you imagine? <laughs> Big scar down the face and uh, <laughs> eye
1: shadow and the wig. <laughs> well, as as you say, you, you better imagine in this not as Blofeld. The thing um, is, if
0: it wasn't Blofeld, I I just don't care about. Like that's that's just fine. It's another kind of. It maybe just adds to the sort of slightly odd nature of this character. Not to sort of cast any aspersions there, but. Yeah. I think it does go hand in hand with a bunch of other factors in this film that do sort of slightly fetishize the uh the kind of campiness and the sexuality of certain characters. I suppose with Winton Kidd as well, you know, the fact that they're shown as being homosexual in 1971 apparently equals their perverted or twisted in some way, you know. Mm. And I wonder if this is a sort of continuation of that same kind of outdated um stereotype of like yeah. making him dress in drag makes it somehow more, makes yeah. him creepy in some way. <laughs> um I just find it funny. I just I just <laughs> think, you know, if you don't view this as supposedly the same character who struck fear into all those other villains in the previous movies, <laughs> you know, if you called him something else, I'd have no issue with any of this, you know. Yeah. I think it's just not really Blofeld as we know him.
1: Hmm. I also feel like this is just an excuse to try and keep Tiffany Case to have some sort of relevance to the story still because I think after the whole diamond smuggling part is over she's no use in the plot anymore I just don't think there's anything
0: Yeah, so they thought well let's have Blofeld sort of take her kidnapped yeah. and then then she can hang around on the oil rig a bit longer Yeah, exactly it, yeah.
1: In any other
0: situation she would have stayed behind at this point yeah. So, yeah, Bond informs Willard White about the satellite, and they discover the satellite's disappeared just at the very moment that it's about to be used. And mm-hmm. a missile explodes, and the chaos begins. And uh, the original Dying of the Day starts. Yeah. <laughs> to, you know, they start using this space weapon, which is almost, it comes very late on in the plot that this is suddenly like, oh, this is what they were planning to do. Yeah. And you're almost like, isn't this like two hours into the movie and all of a sudden the plan is actually finally revealed? <laughs> yeah. And that eventually leads them to, uh, to the oil rig, which they would have never found if Blofeld just hadn't included it on the model. <laughs> <I
1: know.
0: laughs> There's a funny moment where he, um, he seems genuinely surprised that no one's called to offer the money.
1: No word yet from anyone. Only 12 minutes left. Oh, well, I suppose a little gentle
0: prodding is called for. He's like, oh, well, I suppose we probably will have to uh, blow everything (laughs) up then. Wasn't planning on it. Yeah. (laughs) It seems like he went to all that trouble to put that diamond satellite in in the atmosphere, but never actually planned on having to use it. And it's only because he's like, what? They they haven't paid the ransom. Oh. Oh. Oh, well. I suppose we better... Better do what we say. I mean, what, what sort of lesson would that show if we oh, didn't yeah. do what we threatened to do? All right, um, let's uh, bust out the chemistry set and make some unconvincing explosions go off. Yeah. The, the effects look really weak and feeble in this film for some reason. I don't know if like the usual company weren't available for this one or something, but every time one of those you know, air bases gets exploded or missiles get... It's like the same composited little puff of smoke on top of the image every time
1: yeah, yeah and
0: um you know when they're shooting the helicopters out the sky later on in the oil rig scene it, again like not a single helicopter was ever blown up for real it seems it's like it just does, yeah. just an optical little effect slapped maybe on top. they
1: were just running out of money towards this point maybe spent, they spent it all, all- on, connery. <laughs> on connery yeah exactly um and as far as finale or climaxes go for a bond film I I, I just find the Oliver a bit boring, to be honest, compared to things like Piz Gloria or the volcano and you only live twice. It's just, okay, this is where... And and uh,
0: Tiffany Case gets a bit of the short end of the stick at this point where she's just no help at all. Yeah, yeah. She's there still, but not given anything dignified to do. There's a kind of funny bit, and I'm not sure if it's Bond being really casual or Connery being really lazy... But the way that he just kind of casually lets that balloon off and then just shoves <laughs> the guy away when he's shooting at him. I wondered if there was more planned. Like they were going, like right, Sean, we want you to, to, to release the balloon and then when the guards go to shoot it, you wanna, you're going to have a scuffle with them. And he's like, what if I just push them away? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, um, can do we it. try it both ways? Yeah, but we'll try it this way first. Okay, great. We got that. Now can we do the, the more physical version? No no
1: we (laughs) can't. And then we get the batho sub as well.
0: I swear if I didn't know better, I'd I I would assume he was saying battle sub. But he is not, is he? He's saying batho sub. Batho sub. And I just think we gloss over that now because we've heard the term too many times. But can we just stop and just repeat the words
1: batho sub? Battle sub would be so much cooler. Am I missing something? It well, it's always been referred to, You know, when you look at merchandise and books and all that, like, it's always referred to as the bathos sub. I'm just searching it to see if it's a real thing, but every
0: Google result just brings up Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> so I'm I'm guessing that there, was, there is no such thing as a bathos sub outside the world of Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> and if this um, is meant to be Blofeld, as we must assume that the filmmakers intended it to be the Blofeld we've seen up until this point, yeah, are we really expected to believe that this is a fitting send off?
1: Yeah, it's, this is the most annoying part of this. It's <laughs> like, oh, he just gets in the bath sub, and he just uses a crane to smash it into a, a wall, and Bond that's just the end of him.
0: Plays around with him, and just like <laughs> drops him in, lifts him up, drops him lower, not <laughs> up, <laughs> and then it's over. Or, well, no, it's not over, because then we've got a cruise ship at the end. And at this point, I've kind of almost forgotten that Wint and Kidd were even in this film at this point.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, up to this point, I kind of like how has never actually met face-to-face with Wint and Kidd or, or, conscious at mm. the, of the time. So I, it's, it's like, oh my God, this is the time where he's actually with Wint and Kidd. And yeah, this could be interesting to see what happens.
0: I still kind of like the idea. I like the idea that they would pose as these these chefs and come in and <laughs> he, they get caught out because of uh, his ignorance about the wine. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But the subsequent few minutes...
1: Uh... <laughs> Ooh, that <laughs> kind of just sums up um, everything that was wrong with that. Um, Mr.
0: Kid, bless him, with that funny little hangdog look that he has, that, that <laughs> r- ridiculous hair. I don't know what his I don't know what his plan was with the kebabs. <laughs> just the way he creeps towards Bond with two flaming kebabs. <laughs> I'm gonna jab you with some beef. <laughs> so Bond sets him on fire and he just hurls himself over the edge. I mean he could feasibly have survived that. We don't know, but
1: alongside with the bomb that they you are know, also The made.
0: Bomb Surprise. Um no doubt Mr Wintz reaction to the uh, to the tails between his legs got a big laugh in the cinemas
1: yeah yeah. but I
0: don't know what the implication there is or what the joke is meant to be I I think I think I know what the joke is meant to be but I don't even want to say it out loud what I think the joke is meant to be (laughs) yeah yeah it's a bit of a a sad send off for the two of them I think they deserve better than this I think they deserve better than that scene and I think they deserve better than this film Mm -hmm, I agree but yeah, um, overall, I can see why I don't tend to revisit this one that much. We did say um, back in episode one, I think, probably, we 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 kind of made a pledge not to ever completely rip apart anyone's potential favorite film in these episodes. Having said that, I think these episodes would be pretty bland if we never formed an opinion one way or another. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to honestly say, like, if you love this film good for you
1: yeah yeah yeah.
0: i don't um i find it quite weak almost across the board in most areas it seems a little either lazy or just um
1: misjudged in some way um yeah there's a certain film that we'll get to later on maybe sometime, time where i think it's amazing yet it's often considered one of the worst bond films so i think when we um when we do criticize it you know we we still understand that there's other people that do love these films and the say absolutely way. and as Obviously much as you
0: know we, we were talking about this in other episodes and you know being very open about why we have a certain opinion and quite often it's because we grew up with it or it's the first one we watched and so i entirely understand if this was your film if this was your first one or your favorite as a kid then you probably still feel that way about it but objectively they seem to take a kind of light jokey campy kind of attitude I think probably to a large extent trying to recreate the success of say Goldfinger.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there were certain plot elements that are similar to Goldfinger with the yeah, gold I smuggling, mean, diamond smuggling, you know, it, it's I certainly
0: felt like the scene with the diamond expert and the Sherry conversation was reminiscent of the yes. scene in Goldfinger. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. With the overdose of bois kind of yeah. <laughs> conversation. It's very similar. And, Obviously, the choice to bring Guy Hamilton back was probably not a coincidence either. Mm -hmm. I imagine their intention was to say, look, let's bring Connery back and give the audience a real fun one like we had with Goldfinger. But if that was their intention, boy, did they not quite achieve that. (laughs) (laughs) And that's coming from someone who does not think the absolute world of Goldfinger. Yeah. But it still does what it does far more effectively than this film.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: That was our conversation on Diamonds Are Forever. Let's play games with James. Yeah. James. Very enthusiastic response from you there, James.
1: Well, that might change depending on how this quiz goes. I oh, will see.
0: Now... Back in our On Her Majesty's Secret Service episode, we did a Games with James, which was based on the quiz show Only Connect. Do you yes. recall? yeah, yeah. And I did well on it. You did, you did very well. We yeah. discovered that your strong points seemed to be difficult quizzes. <laughs> but at the time, I said that I wasn't a huge fan of the show itself. I found it a little bit elitist and a bit snobby. Uh, and while that's still true, I, I have to admit that I've been... Ever so slightly addicted to it ever since. I've been on a bit of a binging uh, spree. I can't often get any of the questions right myself personally, but um, I've decided to give it another go. Cool.
1: Okay. That sounds good, because uh, if I did well on the last one, I might be able to do well on this one.
0: Absolutely. But first, I do have a slight correction to make. Oh, right. Okay. Because I confidently claimed in the last Only Connect Games with James... That the sequence of Waltz, Carlisle, Carlisle, Davy, Davy Lonsdale, and as you pointed out, Lonsdale Savalas, was the Bond villain actor's surnames from the final film of each decade in reverse order, followed by the next name in the chain. Now, as we all know, that's not true, is it?
1: No. Because
0: I confidently stated that Christoph Waltz was the last Bond villain of the 2010s, which he was. And then I went straight to the 90s. Yep. I seem to have skipped out an entire decade.
1: The 2000s to me, do exist
0: <clears throat> To me 2000 to 2020 Is apparently one decade <laughs> So the sequence Should have gone Waltz Amalric
1: Amalric, yeah, yeah that's right
0: Amalric, Carlisle yeah. Carlisle, yeah. Davy So uh, yeah apologies to No one because no one cares But uh, <laughs> no, I've cleared my conscience and I've cleared that up But yes. I just made a slight lapse in judgement But uh, who cares <laughs> Anyway, the round that we did last time on the On a Majesty's Secret Service episode was actually based on the round two from the quiz show Only Connect, okay. which is the sequences round. Uh, we're actually going to do a game now based on round one, which is Ooh. the connections round. Okay.
1: So, this so we're actually
0: doing it in kind of uh, the, the wrong way round. Yeah. Also, I think I got the points system slightly different last time. I just made up my own system, yeah. not using the TV one. But um, so this is based on the connections round of that game, which is actually round one of the uh, the TV show. Uh, and so basically, you're going to get given up to four different things and you just tell me what the connection between them is it's not about predicting the fourth wow. in a
1: sequence like last well, time it's just about i was getting my pen and paper ready to write all these things down but, well you may still need
0: a pen uh, and paper so okay. uh, so do get them out but rather than telling me what the next sequence is you're just looking to tell me what connects these things okay Now, there may be multiple things that connect these things together, but uh, I'm going to stick with uh, what I've got written down, if that's all right with you, James. Right, yeah. Also, in the last time we played it, I was rather generous in giving you loads of different chances to guess based on each clue in the sequence. Now, if I'm playing these strict rules of the game, you should only get one chance to guess these things.
1: Right, okay, one chance, that's fine.
0: And it's up to you to decide when to uh, buzz in, so to speak, and guess. I'm not going to bother timing them like they do in the show, but I'm going to sort of time you out after a uh, yeah. what I yeah. deem to be a reasonable amount of time. So if you're able to give me the connection based purely on the first entry in the sequence, which I'll be amazed at, but if you do that, you'll get five points. Ooh. If you go to clue number two, you can get three points for guessing the connection, then two points, and then a single point if you need all four. Okay. Okay, let's start off with just a nice quick sound that you can give me if you get one of these questions right, James.
1: Yeah!
0: (laughs) (laughs) I gave James the instruction to give me a slightly shorter one than he has done in previous episodes, and that's what you came up with. (laughs) All right, James, can I have a sound for if you get one of these questions wrong? (laughs) Can't wait to hear that. All right, are you ready, James? Get your pen and get your paper. I'm ready to go. Okay, here comes the first one. Can you tell me the connection? Here's your first clue No.
1: No. Uh, no, I don't know the connection. Next clue. Next clue. Live. Okay, next clue. Die. I think it could be anything. How many? Uh, did you say five? You've got one more clue. One more clue. If you for, want it. Yep. Go for the next one. Your
0: final clue. After no live and die is tomorrow. What links those four things?
1: Um, they all have the word die in the whole title. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yay. That's correct,
0: James. These are the first words in Bond titles that contain the word die. So in the instance of Die Another Day, it is the first word, but all of those films contain the word die or dies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, question number two. Yep. For five points, your first entry, Red Grant. Okay, next one. Franz Sanchez.
1: Okay. Um, um, I mean, I, I could guess this one. Um, it could be, it depend on the next one that you say. So let's go for the next one. Admiral Hargreaves. Oh my god, that completely throws everything out of the window that I thought. you got one
0: more clue if you need it.
1: Yeah, let's go for it. So, Red Grant,
0: Franz Sanchez, Admiral Hargreaves. The final clue is Renard.
1: There, you ah, There's a weird bunch of characters there. I mean, well, to be honest, it's not a weird bunch. Admiral Hargreaves is the exception there. Um, no, I can't see the connection. I'm going to have to take a pass on this one.
0: <laughs> I think maybe you needed a question like this early on to sort of give you a taste of the sort of questions yeah, you're yeah, in maybe. for, James. These are all characters played by a person called Robert.
1: Oh, yeah. oh yeah.
0: You've got uh, Robert Shaw, Robert Davy, uh, Robert Brown and Robert Carlisle. Okay, next up, the first clue is... D-A-D
1: Yep, next one
0: Next clue is F-A-D
1: Oh my god, F-A-D Oh dear Next one
0: The next clue is D-L-T
1: Okay (laughs) Okay They are abbreviated Bond film titles spelt backwards well, abbreviated backwards. Yeah.
0: That is correct, James. Yay. They are reversed acronyms for Bond titles. Uh, funnily enough, DAD is the same backwards yes. as it yeah, is forwards, yeah. so I just put that in to throw you. But yes, we have of the Day, DAD. Uh, FAD backwards would be DAF, which is Diamonds Are Forever, river. which we've just been talked about. DLT
1: is the would living be TLD. Daylights. The Living
0: Daylights. Your final clue, which you didn't need, was KTL. Ah, Licence to Kill, yeah, yeah. Which would have been Licence to Kill. Well done. Okay, number four. The first clue is Kara Milovi. Okay. Next
1: one, please. VJ. Hmm,
0: okay. Uh, next one, please. Your next clue is Hugo Drax. What the hell? After saying how easy you found the last ones, James, I think you might... Eat your words with this. I yes, might have yes. really challenged you. Cara Milovi VJ, Hugo Drax.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna have to go for another one.
0: And your final clue is Baron Samdi.
1: <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, I'm just gonna go guess, but I know it's completely wrong because Hugo Drax doesn't fit into it. But um, they all have a secondary hobby <laughs> other than what the uh, the role the. Play so. Carl likes to play the, the cello. Uh, VJ likes his tennis. But on Saturday, he likes dancing. Um, and Hugo Drax likes cucumber sandwiches.
0: <laughs> you will never know how. Well, you will because I'm about to tell you. But you are so painfully close. Oh, yes. really? <laughs> I can't give it to you because you, you, you're not you're not close enough. Yeah, yeah. But you are so painfully close. If you just pursued that thought a little bit further, oh
1: really? Go on. You... They are all
0: characters who play musical instruments.
1: What? Oh yeah, he plays the f- he plays the flute. So does Baron Samadhi.
0: VJ and Sam Baron Samady play some kind of
1: flute or yeah, or yeah. Wind he plays a piano, doesn't he?
0: Yep. Oh, you okay. came so much closer than I think you even expected. There. Oh, but
1: that's a shame.
0: That was that was very close. Well done. Okay, next up, your first clue is. Fluke Fluke Fluke
1: It'll be a fluke if we get this right
0: Nice (laughs) Next one please Your next clue is Misty What the hell
1: No next one Inferno Next one please
0: Your final clue is Pegasus
1: are these the horses that were racing in a view to a kill Yeah.
0: these are all horses in a view to a kill yes. not all
1: being raced um,
0: Misty is the name of the, uh, the the horse in the painting that um, Zorin asks Bond to look at the one right, that yeah, they're all yeah, descended yeah. from I believe Fluke is the horse that Moneypenny bets on that she's uh, shouting out, which I for years didn't know that's what she was saying. I thought she was saying blue or something. But she's ah. going, "Fluke, get a wiggle on."
1: Uh, I didn't know it was Fluke.
0: No, Inferno is the horse that Bond is given to ride, and of course, Pegasus is uh, is the most, most well known of yeah, the horses. Yeah. Okay, next question. Okay. Your first clue is quantum.
1: I Means if I guess now, do I just is that is that do I lose then for that round?
0: Yeah. And if I can give you any hint whatsoever, I'd say, don't guess now. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Next one, please. So, quantum was your first clue. The next clue is mosque.
1: Mosque? How are you spelling mosque? As in a
0: Muslim mosque.
1: Okay, Okay, yeah, let's go to dink desk. Next one, please. (laughs) Aquarium. Uh, God damn it. No, next one. And your final clue is
0: Quizmaster.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to pass on this one. There's no way I'm getting this one. I think I might have upped the stakes a little too
0: high on this one, given your success in the last one. <laughs> uh, you're probably going to kick yourself. You just probably weren't looking for this. If you were studying the words enough, you might have known that they're just are simply words that contain M and Q. Oh,
1: come on now. That's what a joke. That's <laughs> I thought, Thinking about all the links between bond and stuff there's not even a bond related nope. uh, link That's they all contain m and q cheating that is <laughs> right. okay now I will be looking at other things now all right
0: next up your first clue is quist what quist how do you spell that q u i s t quist okay next one please your next clue is baines okay well, the lights, Baines. Next one, please. The next clue is Helga Brandt. Okay. You can think out loud if you need to, James. What is anything going on? <laughs> well,
1: obviously Helga Brandt, um, villain in "You Only Live Twice." Baines was an agent that was killed in living that die. Quist? I don't even know Quist. So, uh, next one, please. Final clue for that one is Corinne Dufour. They were all killed by animals.
0: Yeah. They are all characters killed by animals. Well who done. is Quist though? I don't know who Quist was. Quist was one of uh, Largo's henchmen. Ah, uh, right. Yes. Into the who get
1: thrown into the sharks? Right. Yes. So, I didn't know he had uh, a name. Quist. Quist was killed by sharks. Baines was killed by a snake killed
0: by a snake in the beginning of Live and Let Die uh, Helga Brand. Uh killed by Piranha yep and Corinne Dufour was killed by dogs by dogs,
1: for, well, the by blue dogs. Yes. yes
0: okay next one the mm-hmm. first clue is gun I've got the next one camera
1: Uh, It's not worth guessing now. Next one, please.
0: Next clue is Alarm Clock.
1: Are these the gadgets that Q brings with him in Licence to Kill when he meets up with Bond? Yeah.
0: These are all gadgets in Q's suitcase in Licence to Kill. Yes. Yes, you didn't need the final clue, which would have been Toothpaste. Ah, yes. This is the penultimate question. Are you ready? Yep, Ready. The first clue is Mathieu Amalric. Okay. Next clue? Mm -hmm. The next clue is Jesper Christensen.
1: I'm thinking along the lines of, are these actors who appear in Quantum of Solace? But I'm not going to guess that. I want to go for the next clue, please.
0: So you've had Mathieu Amalric and Jesper Christensen. The next clue is Jeffrey Keane.
1: Okay, that ruins that. Um, as if it would ever be something as simple as that <laughs> uh, Yeah of course One more please
0: And your final clue for that one is Robert Shaw okay.
1: They all play characters With a colour in the name
0: Yeah. They do all play characters with a colour in the name Who do they play?
1: Oh, you've got um, Dominic Green. You've got Mr. White. Red Grant. Um, oh my God, what's Jeff- who's Jeffrey Keane again?
0: Jeffrey Keane plays Frederick Grey. Frederick
1: Grey, of course, yes. Jeffrey Keane. Well done. Yep. Green has not added E, but they
0: sound like colours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, final question. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. The first clue is Pierce Brosnan, The World Is Not Enough. Okay. Next one, please. The next clue is Judy Dench, Casino Royale. Okay, let me think about this one. Okay, next one, please. The next clue is Christina Wayborn, Octopussy.
1: What the hell? So, Bosnian in The World's Not Enough is James Bond in The World's Not Enough. Dench in Casino Royale. There must be something to do with the character plays M. Casino Royale Casino plays Magda in Octopussy um, I feel like it's something that happens to their character so you have to go one more please one more yep Grace Jones and Christopher Walken Got a view to a kill two people just I'm going to have to say uh, pass this one I'm afraid ah <laughs> oh, never mind the
0: connection I was looking for was that these are all the actors who first speak the film's title in that film oh wow wow Pierce Brosnan says the world is not enough mm-hmm. in the world is not enough Judi Dench as M is the first character to mention Casino Royale in Casino Royale Christina Wayborn. Says My Little Octopus is the first person, not the only person, but the first person to say mm-hmm. octopusy in octopusy, And Grace Jones and Christopher Walken complete the title together. Yes. When Grace Jones says, What of you? And Christopher Walken adds, To a kill. To a kill.
1: Although we got it wrong, that one. That was a good one. Yeah. Thanks, James. It means a lot.
0: I think I went into this overly confident based on your abilities in the last one and was like, Right.
1: I'm gonna make it <sighs> super hard. Let's trick him up somehow. Can I, uh, the the quantum Mo- mosque aquarium quizmaster? That was that was just that was just dirty. You're still angry about that one. Aren't
0: uh, you? It has nothing to do with Bond. Yeah, I'd watched if, I'd watched a lot of uh, episodes of Only Connect, and they occasionally have questions like that where it's not even. It's just like oh, there's something hidden in the word. Yeah, like they all contain that's, that's... months of the year yeah. or something. But it's not you Yeah, sorry about that, mate. <laughs> uh, Still, um, I wasn't keeping track of the score there, so um, I'll leave it to my automated text-to-speak generator to fill you in on the score.
1: James scored a magnificent 8 out of a possible 10. Wait, did I say 10? I meant 50. 8 out of 50. Way to go, James. Although, to be fair, he would have had to get them all on the first clue to get 50 points, so 8 is not as bad as it sounds. It's still not great, though. Oh, yeah, okay, I didn't do too bad there. That's good. Yeah, thanks very
0: much, text-to-speak voice that we definitely didn't hear at the time of recording. (laughs) Uh, Probably was saying something unkind. (laughs) (laughs) And there we go. That was Games with James. Games with James. And there we have it, James. That wraps up our Diamonds Are Forever episode. That was episode 15. Yep, yep. A nice, uh, fun one. Diamonds Are Forever is an odd one for me because it's one of those films where... It's kind of exciting putting it on to watch because every time I enter it with sort of renewed hope that yeah, this might be the time like I discover Bond it.
1: it's a hidden Bond film, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it's the one I probably watch the least often and so I sort of entered into this kind of hoping that this would be the time that I realised its brilliance. And I'm sad to say that it didn't happen. Yeah. But uh, if you've got a case to make as to why Diamonds Are Forever is worth another look for us or, or you know, perhaps a way that you find enjoyment in it. Uh, it's far from lacking in moments to enjoy. There are there are the odd moment here and there that I that I really like, but uh, I think it's fair to say it's the weakest one we've watched so far. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but I I am interested to see why why people like it though as well as I think you know we understand those opinions out there. So absolutely, it's always we'd love to, to find out.
0: out. We'd love to hear. Your reasons to love Diamonds Are Forever, if you do, or, you know, any other thoughts that you might have, you can get in contact with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at BonJamCast. And you can follow us on YouTube, just search bon Jam Podcast. Uh, You can watch this and all the other episodes, as well as some other bonus content we've done as well. And if you have been watching on YouTube, you can listen to an audio version of this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts, or you can go straight to the source on SoundCloud if you like. Follow us on all of those platforms. Subscribe to your platform of choice. Uh, I quite frequently have taken to putting out little posts and polls and questions on Instagram to gather thoughts from uh, our followers. Uh, So do give us a follow on Instagram and uh, get involved. It's always nice to hear from you. And uh, we'll be back with our next episode, which uh, I'm not sure what it's going to be yet, James. We might have something interesting planned since it's a bit of a beginning of a new era with a new actor to follow in the episodes that uh, are going to come up. We're going to be in the Roger Moore era for probably the next few years. So... (laughs) I thought to mark the end of this Sean Connery era and the George Lazenby era, this in-between episode that's going to come up, we might, uh, we might switch things up a bit as a bit of a, uh, a, bit of a line in the sand, and uh, yeah. uh, maybe, uh, maybe James will take the lead a little bit more. Who knows? I've done a lot of talk in this episode, so we'll see. Uh, I look forward to your games with Simon, if ever that
1: happens. It'll happen. It's happening next.
0: Oh, great. I look forward to it. Well, until then, ladies and gentlemen, James.
1: Don't forget to spread that jam.
0: Spread that jam, everybody, and take care.
1: Cheerio.